At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line, week 10 opens up tonight. Baltimore, Miami, we're up to eight with Baltimore laying it on the road. So we'll continue to, to discuss that with Michael Lombardi. We've got Amal Shaw joining us and Josh Applebaum going to stop by. I got an hour to go here. You know, I was thinking about you because. You don't generally find Bill Belichick in a loquacious mood, but he was expansive when discussing, and I, and I found this fascinating. We can discuss Cleveland at New England. Um, but he was talking about sacks versus pressures, and maybe you can help mm-hmm. us integrate this into our handicapping. And just the inherent probability of how much you know interceptions, and it's more predictive when you look at pressures as opposed to sacks, and Belichick was brilliant on it. Can you jump off with that? You know, I, I can tell you a story. I was can remember exactly where I was. We were playing the Houston Oilers, and I was on the team bus. We were just landed in Houston, and I was sitting next to Ray Rhodes, the former Eagle Packer head coach. At that time, he was the secondary coach for the 49ers. It was my first year in the National Football League, and, and Fred Dean, the Hall of Fame defensive rush end, had just rejoined the team. He had a long contract hold out. And Ray Bob and I were sitting in the back of the bus, and Ray Bob said, now we're going to get some turnovers. And I said, what do you mean, Ray Bob? He said, well, now we got a guy that can pressure the passer. You know, sacks are great, but sacks usually are a result of something that happened. A quarterback has to hold the ball, but he doesn't throw it. Where you get turnovers when he has to throw it early, when he wants to avoid getting hit. 
Mm. And that is what creates the turnover. And that's what Belichick's talking about. How do we get the ball out quicker? How do we make the quarterback and the timing of the offense get disruptive? That's what we want. So we get so caught up in sacks. We get so caught up in that number. You know, I, I love Barkley yesterday. He was on WIP and he was talking about how we all change different words, analytics, stats, and, you know, really yoga stretching and, you know, we, we look at just core stats. They have to be applied to the actual game. They have to be applied to the game. And the stats are always different for each game. That's why baseball is, is such an analytical sport, because you can overlay it so often between game to game. In football, you can't. The games are so differently, so are managed differently. And I think that what Bill was talking about is getting someone, to fr- a free runner to the quarterback, what Martindale does a great job of a guy that can win instantly with pressure, they're more valuable than a guy who sacks the quarterback. Maybe that's why Belichick loved Judon so much, who obviously a bunch of sacks, but so much, see, he's right up there as far as pressure rate. Miles Garrett's on another planet right now, Michael. He's got 12 sacks. Also, the pressure's yeah. off the charts. T.J. Watt the same. But it doesn't always go hand yep. in hand. Like, for example, your boy down in, uh, your boy down in Washington – you know, the next coming of Reggie White and Young, yeah. no no sacks, and he's 28th to 30th in pressure rate as well. He's just really not getting it done. Spends most of his time running past the quarterback. That's what he does. He spends most of his time running up the field because he thinks, that's, he thinks he's still in college. He's never realized, nor have they corrected him. And this is part of the problem, I think, with Washington. You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. Like the Washington team continues to make the same mistakes repeatedly over and over again. As an executive, you, you, want, you want to eliminate that. You want to not continue to make the same mistakes. Whereas Chase Young, he just runs up the field. And Dockway runs up the field too for the Raiders, although lately he's been able to convert back inside. It doesn't do you any good to run up the field. Watch Randy Gregory, how good he's been playing for the Cowboys until the injury. He would go upfield, come inside, go upfield, power back. You've got to be able to get pressure in the quarterback's face. Going up the field, he steps up in the pocket. He doesn't care. Let's circle back quickly just to finish up the conversation on New England. This is a fascinating matchup, Michael, with Cleveland yeah, at New really England. And there, you know, the opener was between two and a half, three with New England, but we're seeing pretty much everywhere two, two and a halfs now with the Patriots laying. Here comes the Browns off the win there in Cincinnati. Well, I, I think that, you know, everybody's, you know, Brown scored 41 points. Their offense is back. You know, meanwhile, the last three games, they, they, they scored 30. They, they basically scored 41 points in three games. I mean, here's, the, here's the, the Cleveland Browns in a nutshell. If you eliminate big plays, big runs and big passes, they will have a hard time driving the ball down the field. If you allow them to have big passes and big runs, then they'll score in the 30s. They'll score in the high 20s, and you'll have a hard time winning the game. You know, when you watch the Minnesota game that they won 14-7, when you watch the Arizona game that they lost, when you watch the Denver game that they won, when you watch the Pittsburgh game that they lost, there were no big plays. They had to methodically work the ball down the field. And some of it's because of their run game. I mean, in the, in the Charger game, they had 203 yards rushing. They had big plays. In the Chicago game, they had 215 yards rushing. Big plays. When you take away the big play from the Browns offense and you say to Baker Mayfield, Baker, you're going to have to play quarterback behind the center. We're going to build a wall. You're going to have to beat us that way. Then they have a harder time scoring. They have a much harder time scoring. 
And, and here's the thing that's really fascinating about the Browns offensively, and I think Stefanski deserves a ton of credit for that. They, don't, they haven't turned the ball over. They've only had four turnovers in the last seven weeks. That's all they've had hmm. offensively. You know, they had three against Arizona, which cost them the game, and they had one against Pittsburgh. They don't turn the ball over very much. Now, they don't create as many turnovers with their defense either, but they don't turn it over, which is what they want to do. And they're going to play a kind of a methodical game. Expect Belichick to take away the big play. That's the number one thing they've got to do. Big runs, big throw, big passes. You can't get beat down the field. May I ask your number on Browns Pats coming up this Sunday? You can Patrick, that's what we do here. You, your buddy. job is to, my number is one five. Okay, so your number is the number essentially, because a couple of books have one and a half, a couple of books have two and a half, and some books are caught in the middle there at two. Yeah. So you know, if yeah. we if it got I, up I, to three, there would be so much buyback on the Browns, it's not even funny. Yeah, I, I think it's a field goal game, but I, I think this is gonna be a very good game. I think New England is peaking at the right time. They're playing well. This is a big game for New England. They have not. New England has not played well offensively in the last two weeks. Now, what New England has been able to do the last two weeks is run the football. They ran. They went on the road. They went into. They went into Los Angeles. They ran the ball for 210 yards. They won that game without playing great offensively. They ran the ball against Carolina for a buck 51. Their defense the last two weeks have played really well. They've played really well defensively. They forced five turnovers in the last two games. They gave up 30 points in the last two games. However, that being said, the last touchdown that Carolina scored, I mean, excuse me, the last touchdown the Chargers scored was a meaningless touchdown. The game was over. It's 27-17. They've done a really good job. Since the, since the, since the Cowboy 500,000 yards that they gained that day, this, this Patriot defense has played much better against the Jets, the Chargers, a good quarterback, and against the Panthers. It'll take Baker to have to play well. And then it'll also take this offense of New England to play well, too. They've got to be able to throw the football effectively in this game. That's Brown Pat, Brown's Pats coming up early on Sunday. Michael, the Dolphins are fascinating. I, I want to get your take from a front office perspective because this is a fascinating team. They won 10 games last year that wasn't expected. They're 2-7 and seven now. Chris Greer is the general manager. This was the year that it was supposed to coalesce, right? This was the year that they were supposed to pop. They've made 26 trades. Greer has since 2019. That's the second most in football. It's an interesting team, though, because they have a ton of picks moving forward, and they're projected to have the most cap space in the offseason as far as the NFL is concerned. They're a minus, like, 87 and point differential this year. They turn the football over. It's just, I, I, I guess it's a broad way of asking you, what is the plan for the Dolphins moving forward? Because they shouldn't be catching eight at home after winning 10 games last year. Well, but it's a completely different team. I mean, their offensive line is is way different. They're right? terrible. I mean, they're line. they're yeah. they're horrible up front. I mean, Austin Jackson isn't playing very well. Robert Hunt doesn't play very well. You know, I mean, they they have not played well at all, and so that's been a real issue for them. You know, that's been a real issue, and so that that's and the, and it's the and the inability to get control. They can't run the ball. They can't run the ball very effectively this year, Patrick. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a real problem. And because they can't run the ball, it's created some real issues. And then they're health-wise. They're, they're, you know, Gusecki's having a tremendous year. He's making one-handed catch that would make Odell jealous. I mean, they're just incredible catches the kid's making. However, he's getting no help. They can't run the ball. They, Parker's always hurt. Shockingly, I'm going to report this. I know it's going to catch you completely off guard. Will Fuller's always hurt. Nuh-uh. Right? Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. You know, and so when you sign him, you're like, he's always hurt. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. You know, and so they can't get control of the offensive line. 
And then they're, they're, because they can't protect, they have to throw slants and curls. Everything's short passing. They average six yards per pass attempt. You're not going to beat anybody doing that. They can't make big plays tonight. This is a good matchup to throw the ball in against the secondary that you can attack. But if they put Humphreys on Gasecki, which is what they should do, because Gasecki's just basically a big receiver. Humphreys a big corner. Put him on him, take him away, and then force the ball somewhere else. All of a sudden, they're trapped. They don't have an answer. For Chris Greer, he better get that offensive line fixed. Uh, he's missed consistently in the draft, specifically last year on draft pick over draft pick as far as the offensive front. And the bottom line is you can make 26 trades in total over the last two years. If you don't hit at quarterback, this is where you find yourself with two wins. No doubt. And that this is the issue. And no, and no quarterbacking play. You're not getting great quarterbacking play. And that's a real issue. That's a problem. I mean, that's the problem. You, you, you really – what have you done? This What have you done? Have you done anything? You know, have you been able to fix any problem? Last last year, they were the beneficiaries of turnovers. Yep. They won those turnovers. They were good in the kicking game. They created turnovers and touchdowns. This year, that hasn't happened. That has not happened. Are you comfortable at this point as the number keeps on going up? What was the number, again, just to reiterate, uh, the Michael Lombardi-Baltimore-Miami number? I had it at 8-5. You know, that means I got to take – Headed towards your I, way, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I would and, – and these games, Thursday night games, playing home, they're always tough to handicap because there is some motivation for the home team. Okay, just a slight edge to the overs in primetime this year, a 14-12 and 12 mark. So the overs hitting at a 54% clip in primetime. However, the dogs cash in seven out of ten times. They're 19-8 and eight ATS. That fits the Dolphins catching eight tonight at Hard Rock. Potentially some rain, humid, but shouldn't be – terrible weather. When we come back, our buddy Amal Shaw is going to join us right here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we got the prop tracker, which is now available. It's all part of the big cadre there at vston.com for you to keep updated with the NFL props. Get current odds, line movement, and trends. Again, track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, matchup data for every game. vston.com slash NFL. It's everything you need. vston.com slash NFL. Okay, odds on, of course, Amal Shaw, Mike Palm. Comes on after us right here, live from Circa. Uh, Amal Shaw joins us to talk contest strategies. And as we say hi to Amal, I'm guessing week nine was survivor suicide, right? You had the Bills, the Cowboys, the Rams crush everybody. Hi, Amal. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Patrick. How are you? Doing great, buddy. What's the, uh, what was the fallout of week nine over there, Survivor? Yeah, pretty big. I think we lost about 500-something. It was 1188 down to 688, so 502 out the door there. Buffalo, obviously, a big blow. And then uh, you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys. So it's going to be a pretty interesting finish here. 686 people remaining with still 11 selections to go. Yeah, Amal, so uh, strategy-wise, you know, this week as you go into it, and we talked via text a little bit, you, you know, it – if anybody didn't use Buffalo last week, obviously they survived. So they got Buffalo versus the Jets, which is a road team. You've got Arizona and Dallas. That's a Christmas Day game. You can't use Arizona or you wouldn't want to use them against Carolina. And the same with Dallas against Atlanta because of the Thanksgiving Day game. But my question to you is, did you see enough out of Justin Fields on Monday night to – to have enough guts to take Chicago on Turkey Day as everybody as the mm-hmm. smell in the house is of cranberry and you're watching the Matt Nagy and you know me Mr. Kneecap coach the game. Do you have enough faith in Justin Fields to win that game and maybe take Dallas somewhere else? You know, it's a great question. I don't know if I would take the Bears in that spot. Detroit traditionally outside of last year against Houston where they really struggled, generally plays fairly competitively on Thanksgiving Day. If you remember a couple of years ago, I think it was an Eddie Jackson pick that kind of sealed and cemented the game in that one. I still feel like Detroit, who might be 0 for going into that matchup, could be an opportunity for them to get back on track. They've got two AFC North games back-to-back weeks, Pittsburgh and then the Browns, and then they're at home to the Chicago Bears you alluded to. I was impressed by Fields, uh, but again, i got to see it over a consistent time. You know, that's the one thing with him. He makes seven good throws, two that are okay, and then one you're just like, has this guy ever played quarterback before? Yeah, I agree, but I got the sense, you know, here's where I was a little bit on the game, is I got the sense that, you know, Detroit's, Patrick, cover your ears. Thank you. Detroit's the slowest defense in the history of football, right? They can't, they, they can't tackle, and 
Fields in that game, it's perfect for him. It's almost like he'd be playing Indiana, you know, because the game would be slow and he could run around and make plays. And the national media, one one completion, and oh my God, everybody goes all Dick Vitale on Fields. So I I, I kind of thought the matchup really favors Chicago. And if Max back, and Mr. Goff knows Max back, and he sees him over there. You know, he might be looking for an early dinner dinner reservation. It's our annual gift to America, that being the state of Michigan. <laughs> you get to see the line. You know, I'd love to see these two people in a room together. Amal Shaw, who's analytics, he's a deep thinker, his mind goes deep, and then the cannibalistic Dan Campbell in a room together talking strategy. <laughs> Amal, that would be an interesting I, conversation. <laughs> I, I like Dan Campbell. I covered him when he was with the Cowboys. Was there for, for a year, and um, it might have been a little bit longer. I don't remember. Very friendly, jovial guy, nice guy. But um, you know, you got to give this team credit. If you, if we were like the uh, college football playoff, I would still have Detroit over the, over the Houston Texans at this point in time. You know, they put a lot of effort. The Rams game, they're just a far better team. They're, the the Lions uh, Ravens game, Patrick, that was an absolute aberration to yep. lose on what a sixty six yard field goal. It took the longest kick in the history of the NFL, hitting the crossbar and going over with the greatest kicker in the history of the National Football League. Mm-hmm. I mean, so a lot of factors involved that have gone against them. You got to give them credit. They have played hard for Dan Campbell, and this team has compete, uh, continued to compete in certain games. You know, I thought that uh, Eagles game, and I wasn't completely on the wrong side here, was a flat spot for them. And looking back on it, it made a bad play taking the Lions there, but. Uh, I, I still think it won't be easy on Thanksgiving Day because that's a, still a possibility. Remember, it's a revenge game. The Bears had allowed the Detroit Lions to get inside the 10-yard line three times, and the Lions came away with zero points in that one. They had a turnover on downs, yeah. a fumble, and uh, I forgot what the other situation was. But yeah, no, this is a team. I, I, You're I, right. Yeah, so I think that they'll still be able to compete with them. Dallas against the, um, the Raiders, was, it, it's an interesting matchup because, you know, Derek Carr is the only guy I know that gets paid more money than anybody to get into the fetal position and have a warm bottle of milk and sit there and not get hit in the strike zone. Right? He's, he's like worried about Bosa. I mean, you could, he's like a hitter in baseball. You can only get him from the shoulders to the knee, and this guy's already curling up. I'm like, come on, give me a break. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Raiders go uh, moving forward. So many situations off the field that have been a real challenge for them. You know what I love? I love when the circuit numbers come out. And not because I'm playing in the circuit contest, but because I think it gives us a direction from the circuit book where they think the lines are going to end up on Sunday. And right. I'm, so they posted the numbers today on Thursday. They just come out. And the Browns-Patriots game is at two and a half. Are, do you feel the same way? Do you think that they – I think they do an incredible job of predicting the Sunday closing line with these numbers. Yeah, they really do a tremendous job of it. I mean, obviously, they have a ton of experience and understand where it's coming in. But you look at the fact that Nick Chubb is out for the Cleveland Browns. I think it's a huge blow. Uh, uh, Michael, for me, Nick Chubb is the second-best running back in the NFL behind Derrick Henry, obviously, who's out for the rest of the year for the Titans. That's a big blow. But I, I don't know why Chubb continues to fly under the radar. I always think back to that game in Knoxville, guys, when he tore his knee up very mm. badly on Rocky Top. And that was really devastating, but they had such a deep stable of running backs at Georgia that didn't really impact them as much. Sony Michelle back there as well. Uh, Nick Chubb has quietly had a tremendous start to his career. And if you look at the Browns' success, yes, Baker has played well in t- at times in certain spots. But the reality of it is it's Nick Chubb. Even as good as Hunt can be as a change of pace, it is Nick Chubb that's the catalyst along with those guys up front. Hall of Fame start to his career. And the big name was Gurley yeah. coming out of Georgia. Chubb's two times the runner that Gurley is. Oh. I, I, I yeah. just, I totally agree with you, Amal. Oh. Please. Uh, Patrick, I was going to say, Michael has said this time and time again, the Patriots staff would not clear them to take Todd Gurley 
because he was not going to get a second contract in the league. And right. I thought the medical evaluation was so accurate. Michael made an excellent point about that. And we still see these teams taking chances. It's kind of like your Detroit Tigers. And Thank I'm not you. picking on you, Patrick. Mike Illich signing uh, Miguel Cabrera that long, uh, what was that, eight for 248 when he had it two was years remaining on the it deal? It was 10, but no big deal. It was 10. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it was ten. It was ten going on thirty. You know what? It yeah. might have been eight, but I think it was ten, and he was about to turn thirty years old. Thanks for reminding me, Amal. But your point is well yeah. taken about Gurley. And by the way, just for funsies, the Rams, Michael, gave him the the contract early. <laughs> so yes. yeah, that, I mean, did. think about I that. Mean, the Rams, the Rams have done a term. I mean, it's amazing how they've was wasted money, but they, you know, they've been able to stay afloat. They're the true Ponzi scheme in the National Football League. They really are. I mean, they are they are the Ponzi scheme of all Ponzi schemes. I mean, eventually it's got to catch up, but it hasn't so far. And you know, they keep doing it and and moving forward with it. So we shall see. But yeah. you know, to me, uh, I think these numbers on the contest are, are so in, in the illuminating. Like the, the Bills Jet game, Amal. I mean, that number's down to eleven and a half. That number's down to eleven and a half, and I think I think right now it it is. Let me look on my board here. I have it as, I oh it's I have it at twelve in most places. Eleven and a half, twelve and a half. I have there's still some twelve and a halfs out there. Well, I think a couple of things. Number one, we saw Buffalo struggle on the road against Jacksonville, and I think the other thing is we've seen a blueprint now. If you get pressure on Josh Allen, like most quarterbacks. You can really impact them. But I think Josh Allen really suffers even more so than most quarterbacks when pressured. And if Mike White's in the game, he's he's probably expected to go in this one. It's a far upgrade uh, in terms of what they had previously. So I think that's why you're seeing some of the money come in. Division opponent, road game, a lot of factors in there. Remember, Jets had three additional days of rest. So all those things combined together have an impact in terms of how you see people approaching this game from a betting perspective. And I think that's why you're seeing money come in potentially on the Jets. Who was the most disrespected team in the second edition of the college football rankings? Was it Oklahoma? Who was most disrespected of all? Yeah, I would agree with you on Oklahoma, Patrick. Great call by you. Simply put, to me, you still win your games at the end of the day. I mean, this college football committee should just tell us who the four teams are going to be before the season starts so we don't have to waste <laughs> exactly. 12 weeks they of should. our lives. This is such yeah, a joke. Exactly. I mean, Because it doesn't Pat, matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They don't care. Michael, look. I mean, Alabama's 28 point. They're 28 points favorite to LSU, and they're, they're, they're struggling to win the game, but it's okay. We'll keep you number two. No problem. Yeah, I actually I have insight into the committee. I was told they had Alabama number one, but ESPN screwed up the rankings. They actually had Georgia number two. I mean, that's what it seems like these morons would do. It's it's unbelievable. Listen, if you're not going to give Oregon credit for the win against Ohio State, and by the way, that's why they have suppressed Notre Dame. They are absolutely uh, keeping Notre Dame down because they don't want to elevate Cincinnati. Because by the time we get to the final poll, Notre Dame somehow be ahead of Cincinnati, even if the uh, Bearcats are undefeated. Patrick, I go back He's to 2014. Right. I look. I love that my Buckeyes won the national championship, but the reality of it is, how does a team in TCU win their final game of the year by 50 points and mm-hmm. come become downgraded? Mm-hmm. It's a joke. Remember they threw in that caveat, you get credit for winning the conference? You better remember that when you try and stuff Alabama down everybody's throat when they don't win the conference championship. <laughs> this, this is when he's the best, when you fire him up. It. Speaking love of it. which, by the way, you just traveled and visited uh, New York with your family. What's your number one pet peeve as far as traveling, Amal Shaw? By the way, by the way, if you don't have TSA pre or if you don't have clear, stop flying, please. And stop traveling with kids. At least give them a tranquilizer or some uh, whatever, a oh, shot of stop. tequila or whatever you, you need in the that. field. Are you, you kidding me? You can't, I don't know if we you can tranquilize say, kids. Cut it. Cut, I don't cut, know. Cut Listen, I don't here, have Patrick, any, so go ahead and do whatever you want to do. next, but. Amal and Mike. That's what I love about Amal Shaw. When he gets fired up, we continue. Thanks, Josh Amal. is next. Thanks, Amal Shaw. Thanks, guys. 
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, college basketball. I mean, you got 100 games every night. It's the best. Now's your time to get a copy of our annual betting guide for 10 bucks. It's $10. This year's guide has everything you need to bet on the games this season. And remember, this is a confusing time college basketball with the transfer portal. It's wild. So get the trends, power ratings, analysis for every team. Of course, our team of experts, Greg Hoops Peterson, uh, Matt Humans, Murray, they're all there. They're providing predictions and win totals and futures and conference champs. Okay, sign up today, get your copy. $9.99. I can't believe we give it away for so cheap. It's great. It's vston.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here. And again, we can't necessarily condone tranquilizing children, but Amal Shaw <laughs> is a unique individual. We'll, and we we'll tranquilize him. him. We'll, we'll tranquilize him. Yeah. We love hey, him. Hey, I got to tell you, though, I, I mean, how good is Matty Humans? So, I mean, my man Matty Humans. Is there any sport he can't get you a good out, get, get you a good number on? Humans he's amazing, kills this it. guy. Yeah, he is. I tremendous. mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's like Oscar Madison. He can get numbers on anybody. I mean, it's amazing. Legend in the game. Matt Humans is a legend in the game. There's. No I mean, basket, college basketball, college football, NBA, NFL. I mean, does I don't I think he does baseball too. I know he does golf. Oh yeah, he does it all. No, he's uh, Matt Humans. Uh, he's uh, he's a treasure, and he's part of the uh, betting pack. And again, it's nine ninety nine for the college hoops guide. He probably even has insight on your Miami Heat, who I know you're probably you're really into these days. I am into them. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Uh, Josh Applebaum, insight galore. You can find Market Insights, the podcast, vston.com slash podcast. All our shows up there, podcast, of course, and Betting Across America with Pritch. A uh, little market update. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hey, Patrick. Hey, Michael. I'm doing great. Hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, we got a lot to get to. And, Patrick, you mentioned it's so great to have college hoops back. You get these huge slates every single day. But let's start off with a big one tonight, Thursday night uh, football here in the NFL. Two teams kind of at, uh, at uh, opposite ends of the spectrum here in terms of standings. You have Baltimore uh, leading that AFC North. They're 6-2, and 3-5 and five straight up. You beat Minnesota last week, 34-31, but do not cover the minus 7 at home. Then Miami, they finally got a win. They beat Houston 17-9, covered the 4 there. That snapped a 7-game losing skid. Miami 2-7 and seven on the year, 3-5-1 ATS. So uh, we're still waiting on whether it's going to be Tua or Jacoby Brissett here. Don't, no, don't have you know complete confirmation on that, guys. But what we do know is a big, big popular play toward Baltimore tonight. At BetMGM, the Ravens are getting 79% of tickets. Uh, but they do have some respected money, too, it looks like. you know They open minus 6.5. They're all the way up to 7.5. And, and we're now showing a couple books popping at an 8 right now. So a lot of movement toward the Ravens. Um, to me, guys, I, I'm, I can't be with the public and, and laying the worst of the number now with Baltimore, but I do like Baltimore in a, in a teaser opportunity. If you have a 7.5 right now, you can get them down to minus 1.5. You go through 7, go through 3. To me, that's a good spot to back Baltimore. Uh, maybe pair it with Cleveland going 2.5 to plus 8.5 against the Pats or maybe Vegas 2.5 to 8.5 against the Chiefs. But kind of some interesting stuff here. John Harbaugh, it's a stat that's been going around on Twitter. He's 9-0 against the spread and 8-1 and straight up against Miami uh, as a coach of the Ravens here. And he's also outscored Miami 137-16 to the last three times these teams have met. Now, on the flip side, if you want to put on that hazmat suit, Miami matches a lot of systems that have done very well this year. We're talking dogs, 58% ATS overall. Primetime dogs, 19-8 against the spread. They've been great, 70% overall. Home dogs getting seven or more, seven and three ATS this year. They're 60% ATS last couple of years. And then those conference dogs, 56 and 34 ATS, 62%. So uh, I'd be looking at, if you want to back Baltimore, I think they're in a great teaser spot here. And if you want to put on that hazmat suit, as gross as it looks, and it's hard to back to or Jacoby Brissett, 
kind of an inflated line, only uh, 21% of bets, but 34% of money on Miami. So some intriguing things like about Miami. But, guys, my play here is taking the Ravens on the teaser down to minus one and a half. It makes sense. I mean, look, I don't like the number. I, I don't want to take – I think to me this is a game – you either feel confident about Baltimore or you just don't play it. I mean, I don't like – if you watch Miami, and I'm not sure everybody who's who's uh, listening to this watches Miami games because if you're just watching Scott Hansen talk about Josh Allen on Josh Allen, then you've <laughs> not seen very many Miami highlights because, you know, they don't get in the red zone very often. So, you know, when you watch them play and you watch how they have played over the last month and – you know, whether it was Atlanta, whether it was Jacksonville, whomever they were playing, they struggle to consistently put good games together. And I think that Baltimore, you know, Baltimore won last week in overtime. And it was one of those wins where you're fortunate, but you're also able to go tell your team, we need to focus and concentrate, guys. We can't go to Detroit. We can't take this team lightly like we did Detroit. We can't take this team lightly like we did some. And I, and I think that gives Harbaugh a great messaging. Yeah, and Josh, you and I, we always discuss, discuss correlative betting, uh, generally favorites to the over. We understand that. But the primetime dogs have hitting at a 70% clip, and we do see a slight edge in primetime overs this year as well. You're totally right, Patrick. And again, this is something out of principle. It's like, you know, how many times have you laid off a primetime dog because you didn't feel confident or it looked gross on paper or you let your bias get in the way? only to find out these dogs continue to cover at a crazy rate, 1980 ATS. So, Patrick, you're totally right. The total for this one, it has dipped uh, dipped down a little bit, 47.5 down to, I think, 46.5 right now. We do have unders on the year, 55%. uh, But as you mentioned, Patrick, overs for this year in this primetime spot, they're 14 and 12. Remember, they start, I think, 8 no to the over, so you've seen some under unders come back here a little bit. But, yeah, a little bit to the to the under here. But to me, the most confident bet that I would make would be that Ravens teaser opportunity. You know, the teaser, the one thing about the teaser is that's a carryover teaser. So generally betters, <laughs> they're, they're giving me gratification now. So if you're going to tease the Ravens down to, you know, point, point and a half, you're going to have to wait and tie it up with something later in the week there, Michael. Um, quickly on the total, Michael, I want to get your take on this. Um, they opened it, many books opened right around 47-ish, and we've 47 and a half, and we've seen it come down a little bit, 46 and a half. You know, Baltimore's not a good defense. If you can throw the ball on Baltimore, I mean, you could attack their corner situation. You know, they can do it. And and look, the problem is Miami's receiver situation, because Will Fuller's not there, because Parker's not there, you know, they have Waddle that is still a good player, their first-round draft pick. But what, what really resonates to you the most is this team needed – offensive lineman and they drafted Waddle. This is a classic example of allowing you to get away from your team building philosophy. I mean, they drafted a receiver when they really needed offensive lineman. They really did. And and that's going to be the that's going to be the, the the thing that turns this game is how this offensive line blocks. They did not block the Houston. Malik Collins was sensational last week for Houston against them. He was creating pressures and turnovers and Brissett had no time to throw the ball. Yeah. No, well put. I think the most interesting part about tonight's number, Josh, is, you know, if we see a seven again, because right, the number's going the other way. <laughs> so, again, that six and a half is not coming back. But we're now up to eight, seven and a half at a couple of books. And you would expect the Ravens to get bet as we move forward and get closer to game time. The The other big matchup today, you're going to see potentially two first rounders in Howell and Pickett under center, North Carolina and Pittsburgh. What's up with this number, Josh? Yeah, this one jumped out to me in terms of the total. So for the spread here, you have Pittsburgh ranked, UNC unranked. Pittsburgh had some line movement. I think they open around minus six at a bunch of shops. They're up to six and a half. So kind of standard. 
little bit of a popular bet, a little bit of money, a little movement toward the Panthers here. But what I'm looking at, guys, is the under. There was a good teachable moment yesterday in uh, the Ball State game. Ball State against Northern Illinois, a windy under spot where that total opened around 62.5, ended up closing around 59.5. You cash by the skin of your teeth. It lands right on 59 here. But I see a carbon copy of a windy under opportunity in this one as well. You had a total opening super high, 75 pretty much across the board. It's now down to around 72.5, 72. If you like the under, I would, I would look for that hook there on the 72.5. But a couple things are notable to me. Number one, both these teams have really good offenses. Pittsburgh's averaging like 45 a game, almost 40 a game for UNC. UNC is 6-3 and three to the over. Pittsburgh's 7-2 and two to the over. So if they score a lot, they're hitting a lot of overs, then why is this line falling? You would think it would you know, uh, you know, know, just rise with such popularity to the over. But that's not what's happening. Even though you have heavy betting over, it's this windy spot where you're going to get about 15 miles an hour of wind here. And if we look historically, uh, always remember, the wind is, is, is the friend of an under better. Because if you look at this year when it's uh, 10 miles an hour or more, the under is 67 and 43, 61%. That's kind of right at its historical norm. It's around 58% there in general. So, uh, Michael, what do you think? A very high total. It kind of screams over. But can the, could the wind play a factor? Could we get an underplay here like last night with Ball State? You know, you know, I think this – I mean, watching Carolina's defense last week against Wake Forest, I couldn't see it. I think Pitt's better <laughs> – uh, than Wake Forest's defense, there's no doubt. So I would lean towards the under, but you, you know I do think that C- Carolina is going to give up a ton of points. I think Pickett on national game to show everybody how good he is. I think he'll make those plays. I think he's pretty impressive. North Carolina and Wake Forest both have embarrassing defenses. The ACC all of a sudden is the Pac-12 as far as defense. I mean that is now Pittsburgh's a little bit different. Narduzzi's a defensive, uh, defensively minded coach, Michael. But you watch Wake Forest and North Carolina. You're trying to decide last week: is this an offensive thing or a defensive? thing it was offensive as far as how they played defense yeah it was bad I mean it really was it wasn't sound I mean it was it was it was a game that people think they like I didn't think it was fun to watch it was they might as well just put the ball at the 25 and just play overtime rules the whole game the way it was going Josh Applebaum on the way out you got to play on Raptors 76ers got about 30 seconds yeah, you know I got to talk some 76ers anytime I see you guys make Michael happy. But guys, under opportunity here. Open 213 and a half, the uh, Raptors and the Sixers. It's down to 210 and a half, even 210. Two of the slowest paced teams in the NBA. Philly 29th, Toronto 27th, Toronto 10th uh, in defensive efficiency as well. And if you watch that Celtics-Raptors game last night, this Raptors team, they're like the Virginia Cavs of college basketball. Really slow, really deliberate. I like the under 210 there. Sixers? He's never heard of them. He doesn't care about the Sixers. That's a my. That's well, who they playing? Who they playing? <laughs> that's heat culture. Market I'm insights. still suffering from my loss last night to the Lakers. I'm still devastated. Yeah, I'm about sure that. you are. I know you didn't sleep well. All right, Josh. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, We're coming Josh. back here, Lombardi Line, Thanks, presented guys. by BetMGM. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Hey, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcome, welcomes you today. This is the lock of the year. Uh, this is probably the best promotion across the board at these books because here's what you do. You bet $10 money line on tonight's Baltimore-Miami matchup, and if either team scores a touchdown and you use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets. I mean, you can't beat it. Baltimore, Miami scores a touchdown. New better. BetMGM, VEASAN 200, $200 in your account. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available, Mississippi or Nevada. As we get you back here, we'll get Michael's. It's not necessarily, I don't think it's going to be an official play coming up no, later. I, I give it to you, whatever you want it. I mean, I, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a Roberto Duran on this one. No moss. No I, I don't want any part of it. Okay. I, 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 it's a John Oates play for me. No can do. Uh, we'll get to that no in do. just a little bit. Uh, I, you know what? I, I must claim ignorance here just quickly. When you mentioned Mora and UCLA earlier, I must admit I was confused. I had no clue. They just hired Mora to run the, the UConn program. The UConn program, right. They, he, he took the job. That was my point. I mean, like Cam, you know. I mean, when when you have this urge to coach or you have this urge to play, you know, and you take jobs that are not great jobs, you just want to prove yourself. Yeah. You know, and I give them all the credit in the world. I mean, it couldn't have you couldn't walk into a worse job than UConn. Now, I, I'll say this. UConn has nice facilities. They have a whole football building 
They have nice facilities. They just haven't recruited. And Mara, who, you know, is still get probably still getting paid from UCLA or has made enough money from UCLA, took a took this job to get back, get his foot back in the door. He had to. You know, and so these are the. It's, I think it's a. I think it's a great. If his energy is up and he wants to recruit, you know, and he's going to go out there, he'll he'll work his tail off for it. Yeah, he's a young fifty nine. The problem at UCLA wasn't his recruiting. His recruiting was off the charts. It's just uh, he didn't win the games, the big games in big spots. Though he did go forty six and thirty. He recruited his butt off there at UCLA. But I would imagine the same. Edsel went six and thirty two in his second stint. That's not going to get it done for Husky fans. Okay. No. You, your comparison there was apt. So let's jump to the big news, and then we'll get to the plays. And that is Cam Newton, Superman returns to Carolina. I just I love it for a four and five team kind of a jolt on the side of the ball they need it uh let's get your take again here cam returning to carolina well i think look you know carolina has struggled to throw the football all year and when they've won games they've been able to run the football and let darnold is going to go on ir at least for three weeks it's somewhere between four and six weeks right whether he could come back he's got this shoulder that's really bad and they need leadership on offense they need somebody to get in that huddle and say fellas we can do it and this guy can do it. And he's still, you know, Shaq Thompson's still on the team. There's certain guys that have been there before that remember when he was there. And he'll have an influence on the locker room. And no one from New England would say a bad word about him. I know that. And talking to people from Carolina, they made calls up to New England. And, and New England was very supportive of him and what he was able to do for them and his leadership. And as I've said, my son, who was with him, was, he's an impressive kid. Regardless of what you read about it, in the you know the perception and reality are way different. But I think he'll help him. He'll help Matt Rule, maybe urge these players to understand what it really takes to be a championship team. What the work ethic that needs to happen, the commitment. I mean, Cam was the first one in the building, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, going in there in New England, working his tail off. I'm not saying he was perfect, and I'm certainly not saying that the Panthers are a Super Bowl contender now that they got Cam. I'm just talking about the quality and the character of this player, that people have a perception that's way different because they look at his clothes and they think he's kind of out there, you know? And so I think it's a, I think it's a good move for Carolina, particularly considering that they've, this injury is probably going to put Donald on IR for the rest of the year. Yeah, the Cam in New England situation was on the up and up. There wasn't acrimony from either side. It just was what it was. They moved yeah. on with the young kid. You, you know, Mac Jones couldn't be the leader of the team. If, if Cam was still there, it just Cam's presence is so, so strong. And Carolina needs a strong presence. They do. They need a strong presence. And I think this certainly will help them. Will it help them this week against Arizona? I doubt it. But it will help them next week when they play Washington and they play the other teams that they have remaining on their schedule. Look, he can run the ball effectively. And he'll make enough throws in the passing game. And he'll bring leadership and discipline within their program that they need and when I say discipline, not turn this ball over as much as Sam Donald has. Donald, as we talked about earlier in the show, sometimes it's hard for guys to play with injuries, focus and concentrate, and play well. Okay, so Cam has found a home. The next one up is Odell Beckham Jr. Bruce Arians, head coach down in Tampa, has some thoughts. He said, quote, too many letters. I've already got A.B., Antonio Brown. I don't need O.B.J. Here's the point, Aaron Bruce. Pardon me, Coach Bruce. Have you checked with Tom Brady? Because the last time you said you didn't want Antonio Brown, Tom Brady said, yes, we do, and you signed him. So uh, Odell Beckham Jr. not headed to Tampa, but where could you potentially see him winding up? You know, it's interesting how he's now decided that he wants to take the weekend to think it through. Like, what is, that doesn't tell me you've got a really good offer. 
I mean, That's you right. know, I mean, that doesn't tell me. It tells me you don't like what you're hearing. When you delay, it's because not because you're hearing it. It's because you don't like what you're hearing, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I, I think, what are you waiting for? It's week 10 of the season, week 11. You need to be in a camp, get going. But again, this is all about Odell. And unless he goes to a place that has strong leadership, that has a head coach that can really control what his influence is in the locker room, the perception of Odell by some outside and the perception of and the reality of Odell inside are, are two different stories. Two different stories. All right, give it to me. I know you're hearing rumors. Where potentially could Odell end up? You know, I, I, I think Odell is – I really think the problem is that the teams that have the most interest don't want to spend any money. New Orleans and Green Bay, they want to be on minimum salary. I think he wants to drive it up. I think Kansas City, if they lose this week to the Raiders in Las Vegas, and they could easily do that. Now, uh, Hilaire has practiced yesterday, and he looks good, so they're going to activate him, give them a perhaps the running back that they need back there to give them some explosive plays. So, you know, they're vulnerable right now, Kansas City, you know, because they are vulnerable in the, against, against a team that can throw the football as effectively as the Raiders can, as, as Amal said, when cars protect it. That's all about cars protection. So if Kansas City loses this game, I could see them going all in on Beckham and perhaps make it, giving them a little bit more money. I mean, really, you just have to pay him for the rest of the year, right? I mean, this is not a situation that carries over into next year. No, that well, that's right. And look, you know, and the the reality of it is, is I don't know what's in the agreement with the seven five. You know, maybe he's going to get the seven five, and then he gets no offset in the next contract, which makes me believe that's what it is. So typically, you know, whatever money he had left, he was going to earn. But when he did this deal to take what I don't know if he took less money or put it in paragraph five or how he did it, but. Now, all of a sudden, does he have to try to make up money? And does he think he's going to get paid by some of these teams? Because typically, this is always just about, I'll pay you the minimum. Now, Deshaun Jackson didn't get the minimum. He got a little bit more from the Raiders because probably there was a couple teams looking for his services. So they paid him over the money. Okay, I always like to read Chris Andrews' market report on these Thursday night games to get Michael's reaction. Of course, Chris Andrews, legendary bookmaker here at the South Point. You can find all this information at Chris said, I opened Baltimore seven and a half and I decided to move it to eight. Very little action. I'm anticipating the market because Baltimore is much more likely to be the public betting choice than Miami. Plus, a lot of sharps and recreational bettors will be looking to tease the Ravens down through the seven and through the three, which is the key, obviously. This is Andrews. From my perspective, it's better to have those teasers on Baltimore minus two rather than minus a point and a half. Very interesting. No interest yet on Miami plus eight. That tells me I'm probably correct in anticipating the direction between now and kickoff. He also says limited action so far on my opening total of 47, Michael. You know, I think this is what makes these guys, Vinny and Chrissy and and all the guys that work this book, is they just don't put a number out there with with it being stagnant. They always are in second-order thinking, meaning yep. they put the number and they anticipate where it's going to go because they know the public so well. And so that's why my numbers never really coincide all the time until Sunday with their numbers, because my numbers are not based on the market. My numbers are based on numerical study. And so, but my numbers and their numbers end up kind of getting somewhere near because the market dictates to it. And I, and I think that, and that's why I like looking at the circa contest numbers, because it gives me a peek into Sunday. 
you know, and I'll tell you the other one that jumped out at me when we were on break was the was the Eagles Broncos. They posted in the circuit contest at three. Now a lot of people think that's going to go the Eagles because you know they don't need the points. No. But that tells me that 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 Circa thinks they may get more money on Denver before this is over with. Yeah, Denver right now two and a half at most books, a couple two of books half, still yeah. at three. But yeah, you're 100 percent right. Okay, so that, that that's what I, I'm looking for. I'm I'm not looking to bet that. I'm again, I, you know how I feel about line movement. You got to be very careful about how you analyze it. But what I'm looking about is where the public may want to go. Okay, I'm not looking for an official play, but a little lean. How about Miami? I, I, I lean towards Baltimore, Patrick. I really do. I, I've watched Miami. I have a hard time taking them. Baltimore's got to turn the ball over for Miami to really keep it close. Miami's offense will struggle if if the blitzes get home. They will turn the ball over. When is the Stevie Vans? When is your interview coming out on the GM Shuffle? I did it yesterday. You didn't, that's a, you didn't, you, you, we have to talk about it tomorrow. I did it yesterday. It okay. was unbelievable. Wonderful. So it you can great. go listen. Uh, GM Shuffle. Enjoy it, your summer, Thursday. Part one is up. To, part one will be up today. Okay, Michael. We'll see you tomorrow. Odds on next. Be soon. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.